I love, and I mentioned this last time I spoke, I think I love sitting on the front row because I can hear everybody singing. So just feel free to carry it over, you know? I like response. Are you mooing like a cow? Yeah, well, no, no moves like a cow. Um, so tonight we're going we're gonna to talk about this, and we'll just dive right in. Let's awaken to the fullness of life by following Jesus into a new level of depth for ourselves and those around us. But I don't want you to respond facetiously when you feel the impulse organically from the Spirit. Um, but can we go for this tonight? Can we, can we go for a level of depth tonight? Can we just take a deep breath? And ask the Lord to come and show us his unconditional love that serves as the foundation for us to step out into a new level of experiencing life. And so as we kind of move into this idea of embracing depth for ourselves and being part of cultivating depth in the world around us, um, I just want us to stop right here, take a breath, close our eyes, and ask the Lord to just give us a good foundation of himself for that. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for your presence with us here tonight. God, thank you so much for our, our time of music um, tonight and our ability to sing these declarations out to you. God, thank you for Jenna and Kat and the rest of the band and their leadership of us tonight. Um, thank you for such wonderfully gifted discerners of your spirit to lead us into deep places with you. And Lord, I pray that even in this time, you would give us boldness of heart, that you would stir up in us a new depth of bravery to discover you and discover more of who we are and to discover more about the world around us, God, that we would be people of breakthrough tonight. God, that you would take the shell that develops around our heart and the shell that develops around our mind and that develops around our spirit and that as we come to you open-handedly, God, that you would just crack those shells open as you soften us with your goodness tonight. As you soften us with your grace tonight, Lord, would you rain down your love on us and may the goodness of the moisture of your presence just soften us tonight and wash away the dust of our fear Wash away our reluctance and open us up to your voice speaking into that deep place of the Spirit in us tonight. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we talk about depth, I want to start by encouraging you. As we were talking on Thursday with our teaching team, one of the things that I asked is what... How does this idea of depth apply to our community, City Beautiful Church? And one of the things that we were all kind of in agreement on was these are a people who are willing and ready to go deep. And so I just want to encourage you that I know that so many of my relationships with people in this room tonight that I get to spend my time with are people of depth and are people of substance. And so tonight, the message isn't maybe necessarily for you, hey, go below the surface and get deep. Maybe the message for us tonight is one of two things, and I want to focus on these two things tonight as we talk about depth. One, a recognition that all of us have areas of our lives where we're potentially resistant to depth. 
And so I want us to open ourselves up to the Lord revealing to us tonight what are areas of our lives where we're afraid to go deep and why. And that the Holy Spirit would supernaturally reveal those things in us tonight to open us up to a new level of freedom in him. And then the second thing is, as we experience depth with the Lord, as we experience depth with one another, what does it look like for us to be people who create environments that are conducive for depth in the world around us every day, outside of this church community? And so I hope that we will open ourselves up to him tonight and allow him to reveal in us how we can step into new level of depths in our lives. When you walked in tonight, maybe you saw these lit pedestals uh, in the back of the room. On one of them is a boomerang, on another a pair of glasses, on another a set of dumbbells, and in the back a Keurig coffee machine. And we're putting those on top of these white pedals, pedestals like they're in a gallery. And uh, this came from a conversation that we had this week. A couple months ago, I saw this article online, and it was about these two teenagers who had gone into the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. And they were looking at the art, and they were having that, thing, that, that thought or maybe that feeling that you've had walking into a museum of modern art. I could do this, right? And so what they did is they first they took a jacket, and they just laid it on the floor, and they're like, I wonder if anybody's going like, to think this is a piece of art. Not much feedback. They took a hat, they put it on the floor. Same thing, not much interest in it. And then they took a pair of glasses. One of the guys wore glasses, he took his glasses off. He put it on the floor. And within minutes, there were people who were gathering around and photographing <laughs> the glasses. And so the article I was reading was kind of this question, you know, this age old question what is art? Um, and it, it kind of can almost at times be a question that's kind of making fun of the idea of art. But way before these guys put glasses on the floor, there was a guy uh, named Marcel Duchamp who, uh, who did this same kind of idea. This was one of his pieces called Fountain, and he put this urinal sideways in a gallery on a, on a stand. And, you know, it inspired this or elicited this controversy. What? is art. And what I love about these kids walking into a gallery and putting glasses on the floor and even the fact that people started gathering around and taking pictures of it is when you and I live with a specific level of intentionality, it opens us up to embrace meaning in what we would even consider the mundane moments of life. That if we're willing to open ourselves up even to the simplest of things, we can find depth of meaning in those things. And maybe right now, externally or internally, you're rolling your eyes at putting glasses on the floor and calling it art, which I totally understand. But this for me is just a metaphor for a much bigger idea, that God is around us every day, revealing the depths and truths of who he is. And we have the opportunity to walk around life with our eyes closed or our eyes rolled back in our head, missing the depths of God and life. Or we can be people who are humble and open our eyes to the things that are happening. And even when we look at something and we say that's ordinary and it's every day and it's probably not very meaningful, if we change our perspective and allow the Lord to reveal to us how he sees things, it illuminates us to a new level of engagement. So this is kind of the idea that we're walking into tonight. When we're intentional about going deep, we discover a richness we didn't know we were missing. 
And this, for me, has been something that I've really experienced throughout much of my life. There was a time where I was younger where I thought I knew a whole lot. But the Bible talks about the more you know, the more you know you don't know. Like, that's a biblical concept. And there's this difference between knowledge and wisdom. And the difference between knowledge and wisdom is that knowledge says, I know a lot, and that's good. Listen to me. Wisdom says, I've had a lot of experiences, and that's led me to understand how much I don't know. And so I'm going to speak with a different perspective, a perspective of humility, a perspective of walking and looking and discovering and being open to how God would reveal himself and what God would re reveal to me about the world. So I want to look at these three things uh, around this idea of breakthrough, that we would go beneath the surface and we would break into the depths of what it means to truly live. So first we'll ask, what is breakthrough and why should I care? Second, we'll ask, how do I embrace breakthrough? And then lastly, how do I help others break through? So let's go to that first question. What is this idea of breakthrough and why should I care? Breakthrough means going beneath the easily accessible parts of something or someone and embracing depth and complexity. Um, I think that a lot of the things around us or a lot of the things that we invest our time in are designed to distract us from depth. I actually heard a filmmaker at one point talk about uh, her perspective of her job in the world is to distract people from their everyday lives. And I've encountered some amazing film and I've encountered some amazing art that has the opposite intention which is to illuminate in us the depth of what it means to be human and help us ask questions. But so much of the things that we give our time to on a regular basis can be things that completely distract us from the complexity and depth of life and keep us on the surface in a continual state of distraction. And I think that idea is kind of this look at a concept called hedonism, which is I want to fulfill my most base desires here and now. And the things that I see and the things that I feel and my initial impulses, I'm going to say yes to those. And the more time we spend saying yes to our basest impulses, the less time we're investing and in going into the depths of the life that we're created to live in two specific ways. The soul, which is made up of the mind and the emotions and the spirit, the deeply spiritual place where we connect with God. And those are the deep parts of who we are. And we're meant to connect, first of all, with those things in ourselves, second, in those things with others, and ultimately in those things with God, that we would think deeply in our life with God, that we would feel deeply in our life with God, and that we would connect with God and with one another in a deeply spiritual place. And this is the constant example of Jesus. Jesus is continually going beneath the surface when everything around him is tending toward the basest understanding, the most basic and simple understanding. Jesus is saying, this is what you think, but let me tell you how it really is. This week, I, um, I posted online uh, in kind of response to something that I had seen someone else say, and, uh, and, and the thing that, that I, I heard this other person say was, um, so when you come, come here and understand like spirituality, we'll help you understand everything. Um, you'll always know what's going on and we'll have answers to your problems. I thought to myself, man, that is like 
maybe, I, maybe I'm just crazy, but like that's the exact opposite of uh, what I've experienced in my life with God as I've matured in him. Like the more I've matured in my life with God, the less I've, or the, the, the more I've understood that life with God and life with people is complex. And it's not about finding simple solutions to our problems that we experience every day. It's about walking in relationship with God and others in the context of love as we navigate the complexity of life with him and each other, right? And Jesus understood that. He was constantly going beneath the surface. So in Matthew chapter 5, it's just on the heels of the Beatitudes, there are several moments where Jesus says something to the effect of, you've heard it said this way, but I want to tell you it's more like this. Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 42 is kind of one of the times where he does that. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. Okay, great. There's this thing. You've heard that it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Somebody does something to you, you do something back, we call it fair, right? And that's what Jesus is pointing out here. And then if Jesus, you know, would just keep it on the surface, it would be way more convenient and easy for us, but he doesn't. He says this in response, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. How much time have we spent as the church, especially in 21st century America, trying to justify this passage away so we don't have to deal with it, right? Wouldn't it just have been much easier if Jesus would have said, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Good job. Somebody slaps you, slap them back. Somebody pokes your eye, poke their eye back, right? But that's not what Jesus says. He continue, will continually presses us deeper. He keeps going on here in Matthew 5, 43 through 45. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I have heard that it was said. Let's live in that. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. But Jesus, you don't understand what's fair and what's not fair. I've been doing this thing called Christianity for a long time, so I deserve more blessing in my life. I deserve more sunshine on my head. I deserve more rain on my crops right? But that's not what Jesus says. And this doesn't fit our theology. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus is continually complicating things by diving beneath the surface and embracing the depth of life and God and relationship. And even the very icon of the cross is an icon of complexity. It's an icon of repeatedly choosing the difficult path. Jesus on his knees in the garden saying, if there's any other way, 
let this cup pass from me, bleeding from the pores of his skin because of the anxiety and the pain and the anguish that he's walking through. And how often do we wear a cross around our neck as an icon of fashion? How easily do we draw a cross or one of those little fish like on the end of a card, like a greeting card? It's like, no, the way of the cross is a way of complexity. It's a way of depth. It's a way of continually saying, I'll choose the difficult road because I believe that there's something good for me in that. And I think breakthrough is our willingness on a repeated basis to say yes to the difficult road. So what is breakthrough and why should I care? When we don't see depth in something, it doesn't mean depth doesn't exist. It means we're missing something. And we can spend all of our time rolling our eyes at things when people try to get us to go deep or being afraid of it and trying to distance ourselves from it because we think it's silly or it's trite or it's petty. But what if we were people who did the hard work and stepped into that place beyond our fear to say, maybe there's something here for me to experience depth. Jesus, with his uh, relationship, interaction with the woman at the well, did this. So Jesus goes and there's this Samaritan woman at a well. You probably know the story. Jews and Samaritans didn't mix. So it was weird that Jesus was talking to this lady in the first place. And they could have kept it on the surface. In fact, they started out talking about water. And the lady who was listening thought that's all that Jesus was talking about. Hey, can I get a drink of water? And then they have this conversation about the water of life. And then suddenly Jesus in his divine wisdom shifts the conversation from talking about drawing water from a well into something much deeper as they look at the depths of her life in John 4 16 he told her go call your husband and come back I have no husband she replied Jesus said to her you are right when you say you have no husband the fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband what you have just said is quite true sir the woman said I can see that you were a prophet. And suddenly it goes from a conversation around the water cooler about water to a conversation around the well about the depths of who this woman is and what her identity is and what her life is about and what her life is like. And you and I, if we're willing to embrace depth in the moments of our lives, have the ability to break that surface tension and go into a deep place in our relationships with others. Not only do they go in the depths of her life, suddenly they go into the depths of God and worship. The conversation keeps going deeper and deeper. The woman says, our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. She begins asking him this question about worship, and Jesus transforms in his revelation to this woman our concept of worship. It's not about going to a mountain. Worship isn't about where you go. It's where you go with your heart. It's where you go into the depths of who you are. It's those who are are honest with God in their worship that God is looking for. Open yourself up to the depths of honesty before him as you bring your whole self in worship. And so they go beneath the surface of talking about water and suddenly begin exploring this woman's life and then exploring the depths of God and worship. And then ultimately they go into the depths of who Jesus is. The woman said, I knew that I know that Messiah called Christ is coming when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. 
And suddenly this woman is one of the first people in the ministry of Jesus who hears Jesus say, I'm the Messiah who's come to save you. And it all started with a conversation about a cup of water. (laughs) When you and I are willing to embrace the depths of God, embrace the depths of life, we can take a conversation about a cup of water and suddenly it becomes a conversation as the wisdom of God, the mind of Christ, the heart of God living in and through us, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit boiling up in us. Suddenly those mundane conversations become conversations that reveal the depth of life of ourselves and those around us and God's intention for his, human, for his creation. And so why should we care about going deep? Deep, Because it gives us the opportunity to experience life to the fullest and reveal the truth of who we are, who others are, and who God is to us. And this is, I think, a muscle that we have to get used to. I think it's something that we have to practice. I don't think it's something that's really all that easy. Um, I think there's a great parallel in the food that we eat, right? When you were a kid growing up, you wanted, like, macaroni and cheese and french fries and maybe a hamburger from time to time right and then hopefully as you become adult an adult you want more than macaroni and cheese and french fries and hamburgers although i do know that some people still like only those three things which whatever you know or maybe you like coffee like i'm not a coffee drinker um i uh but, but I know that people who love coffee, like the longer they drink coffee, the more they love the nuances of what coffee is, right? And there's this thing, the more we grow, the more we open ourselves up to the depth of something, the more we can embrace the richness of what those things are, where at one point every cup of coffee or every glass of wine tastes exactly the same. And then at some point, you develop a new palate, you develop a greater sense of discernment in experiencing the depths and richness of something. So as we ask this question, what's breakthrough and why should I care? The last thing we'll talk about related to that is in the same way embracing physical intimacy connects us with someone more deeply, so does embracing emotional, intellectual, and spiritual depth. I think uh, we, we can all understand this idea of how we connect with someone in a physically intimate way. But the same is true when we go beneath the tangible, the things that we can touch and see, and into the depths of our emotional lives and our mental lives and our spiritual lives. And we are meant, we are made to be people who engage our mind and our heart and our spirit with God and with one another. And as we do that, we begin to experience the depths and richness and meaning of life that we're meant to experience. So that's what I would kind of classify as this idea idea of breakthrough, going beneath the surface and embracing the fullness of those things. So how do we embrace that? I think it begins by embracing the depth of all of those things. Um, When it comes to mind, heart, and spirit, I think all of us maybe naturally resonate with one of those over another. So I want you to just think for a second. If you were to say, I'm most deep in the area of thinking, I'm most deep in the area of thinking, or I'm most deep, or I tend toward depth in the area of spiritual things. Just think about that for a second. Thinking, feeling, spiritual. Thank you, Jen. Thinking, thinking, thinking. (laughs) All right. 
Think about it for a second or feel about it for a second or discern about it for a second. How many of you would say, you know what, when it comes to depth, the easiest thing, the place I default to is what I think. I'm, I'm a mind person. How many of you would say, I'm a, I'm a feeling person, I'm a feeler, that's where I kind of love the depth, the juicy stuff, right? And how many of you would say, like, my default is, like, I just want to rush into the deep spiritual thing, I want to connect in prayer about it, like, you're, you're first in that. It's okay, that's not, like, something to be ashamed about. Okay, okay, cool. So I think we all move toward this, but the thing that I think is really important for us to understand is that they're all connected. In my opinion, I think all of these things are exercising the same muscle. If we're people who are willing to go deep intellectually, it leads us into being people who are willing to explore the depths of emotion, who are willing to explore the depths of the spirit. If we're willing to go into the depths of emotion, it so what the, the concept is that if we are deep people, we are people who are prone to go deep or have an ability to go deep in these other areas as well, even if we have one thing that we have more of a propensity to go deep in. And so I think it's really important for us to understand that we have this opportunity to develop a life of depth that is holistic. Rejecting depth in one thing trains us to reject depth in others. Practicing depth in one thing trains us for depth in other things as well. So if we are people who are resistant in one area, and we're about to like spend some time thinking about this as well, if we're resistant to going deep in one area, it probably prevents us from going deep in other areas as well. If we shut ourselves off to the thinking part of who we are, we're missing out on something of the depth of life with, with, with ourselves, with others, and with God. If we shut ourselves off to the depths of our emotions, we're missing out on part of the fullness of life. If we shut ourselves off to this deep spiritual place where we're connecting with God and we hear a small, still small voice, we're shutting ourselves off to part of the richness and the fullness of life. And so we wanna be people who embrace depth holistically. And I experienced this in my own life earlier in this year as I caught myself um, sitting backstage in a, in a show I was in. So I was in this theater show. We had a couple weeks of a run. It was like uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And in between like scenes, I'd have maybe these 15-minute breaks and a couple times in the show. And I go back uh, behind stage and my phone would be sitting like on a table back there and I would just like open it up and just scroll, 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 scroll on my, on my Facebook feed or on my Instagram feed. And after like three weeks of doing that kind of mindlessly, I understood that what I was doing, I was like training myself out of depth. And I came to this point where I was like, okay, social media feeds are the death to depth, right? Yeah, okay, all right. If you're clapping right now, notice, all right? Notice if you're clapping right now, how often do you scroll through your social media feeds, right? Yeah, right? And it like draws us in because I think it points out this like most base form of our engagement. It's like I can just scroll, 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 and every half of a second I can get a new input. I can get a new impulse. But in, in recognizing this as I'm sitting backstage, I'm like, man, I have to like start training my brain differently because I was recognizing that as I was training my brain to be like that, it was affecting my attention in other areas of life. 
And I realized that it was beginning to affect my attention, even my relationships with people and in my relationship with God. I was like, man, I want to be a person of depth who isn't just encountering things and people and God in three-second blips. Like, I want to, as much as it's a temptation not to, I want to put this thing down. And I want to experience life to the fullest. And I want to engage with God and I want to engage with people. And I think, gosh, it's such a, it seems like such a silly example, right? But it's hard sometimes. And I think what's hard about it is this is so easy. And so everything else is harder than a social media newsfeed scroll, right? Everything else is harder than that. But the more we train ourselves to engage deeply, the more depth that, that we'll begin to experience as we break beneath the, the layers of surface. Breakthrough comes by choosing in over the long haul. We see this in Galatians chapter 5. So Galatians chapter 5 uh, is a list of the fruit of the Spirit. And I've talked about this before, but there are two lists here. There are two lists that are contrasted. And before we get to those lists, this is what is written in Galatians. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Engage deeply, and you'll move away from the tendency to stay on the surface of all things. Responding to immediate impulses of what we think and feel. We'll begin walking by the Spirit. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. And I, like, this sounds like, it, it could so easily sound like this, right? Don't do that. I'm shaking my finger at you. But I think if we begin to embrace this for the value that depth brings in our lives, it's an invitation into a new way of living. It's not a finger shake saying, don't do. It's an invitation to say there's so much more to experience the richness of life than your immediate emotional and mental impulses. There is a depth of life even within yourself, even in your relationships with other people, and especially in your relationship with God that brings a new way of living that is ultimately satisfying. It goes beyond any momentary impulse and it is involved with choosing in to the depths of God over the long haul. And so after he says this, don't gratify the desires of the flesh, seek what the spirit seeks. Then come these two lists. And the first list are these things of the flesh, sexual immorality, drunkenness, envy, jealousy, fits of rage. And just think about those things, how impulsive they are. Like think about how impulsive and easy it is to explore photographs on the internet. It's so easy. And it's, it's, it's done without the necessity of thinking, right? We have to shut our thinking off to pursue things that are bad for us. We have to shut our spirit down to pursue things that are contrary to God's intention for our good. We have to shut our emotions off 
to pursue things that make us feel ways that are contrary to what God would desire for us. But the other list, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, are not easy. They are not surface stuff. They are not things that come in the heat of a moment. They are things that are pursued. They are things that are explored. They are things that are dived into. Lust is so much easier than love. Momentary pleasure is so much easier than joy. Dulling pain is so much easier than peace. Responding in anger is so much easier than patience. Ignoring people is so much easier than kindness. Living by your own motives and motivation and time and self-centeredness is so much easier than being good. Right? Indulgence is way easier than self-control. And so the more we're willing to engage in depth mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, the more we move away from living a life that's controlled by our impulses, and we move into a life of richness where we can operate in the depths and joy and life that God has intended us to live as his children, as his heirs, seated at the right hand of God, where God is looking at us and saying, I have so much for you. I'm ready to open up the floodgates of goodness over your life. I just need a little bit of your time and attention. I just need to spend a little bit more time with you so you know my heart, so you hear my voice, so you know how I think, because I want to unleash all of who I am to the world through you. So give me more of yourself. And it's not a shaking of a finger. It's not an ultimate loss. It's a new level of a life lived in intimacy. It's a new level of a life lived in fulfillment. It's a new le level of life lived in connection with God and others. So I just want us to take a few minutes to pray together. And I'm going to prompt you um, with some, some prompts. And I just want you to consider them before the Lord tonight. So if you'll just close your eyes. I'm going to pray a prayer over us, and then I'll give us some prompts. Lord, would you focus us? God, any uh, voice other than yours that would seek to influence us in this moment, God, we just, like, kick it out of here. We just, we brush it away, and we plead the protection of the Holy Spirit over this room, over each of these people in this time. And Holy Spirit, give us wisdom. So um, with your eyes closed, I'm just going to read these things over us. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So I just want you to take a moment um, to, to think about two things in relationship to this James verse. First, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God and he'll give it to you. Would you just say a prayer right now, just a short prayer for God to come and be your wisdom.
and to speak to you in a deep way in this moment. And then the second thing here in this verse, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And I just want you to know that tonight as we come before the Lord in this time of prayer and meditation, that there's no condemnation over your life tonight. God is not sitting in judgment over you tonight. God sees you through the lens of the sacrifice of Jesus, which reconciled us all back to him. And tonight you are safe in the hands of God, in the arms of God, because his heart is poured out toward you tonight. So this first prompt, I want you to think through with the Lord. What do I feel an aversion toward going deep in? Where is there an area in your life that you have great fear toward going deep in? Where, where are you afraid to go deep? And I would encourage you to write these things down um, so that we can go away and like be people who begin getting out of old habits. We can refer back to these things and see how God is like transforming us. So if you bring something to mind, just write it down. So there's that question, um, where, where are you afraid to go deep? And um, I just want you, I want you to think through two specific things. First, one of the best indicators of your fear to go deep in an area are the things you roll your eyes at the most. What do you find yourself rolling your eyes about? What are the things that you think you're too good for? Or the things that you pretend to be too good for so that you don't have to like encounter them? And then the second thing would be, what do you avoid? What situation, what conversation, what person or relationship, what are you avoiding? Those are probably good indicators that you're carrying around a little bit of fear of going deep into those things. Another question to consider. How have you rejected depth in an area because of a negative experience or a negative example? Specifically, maybe going back to those three things, thinking, feeling, or spiritual depth. Maybe you've seen, you know, this thing where people are stodgy and uptight about knowing a lot. And you've rejected learning. 
Or maybe you've seen some bizarre expressions of spiritual depth. And you've thought, I, that's just not my thing. And so you've turned that off. Or maybe you've had some negative emotional experiences and you've said, you know, it's just easier for me not to feel. So we've evaluated some of these things. The last thing is a little bit more proactive and I really want us to take action in this. What's one area you can press into breakthrough to a new level of depth? Where can you press below the surface into a new level of depth this week in your life? And again, like if we just sit in this room and leave and forget all about this, we should have just never sat here in the first place because we could have all been done some we could have all done something else with these 90 minutes. So please, like write, like write it down. Take the step to write it down so we can move into action in these things in our lives. Lord, um, thank you for your goodness over us, your grace over us, your compassion for us. <sighs> Lift the burden of guilt and shame off of our shoulders right now. I just have this, this picture of just these like black blotches evaporating off of our heads, off of our shoulders, off of our backs, and just ascending through the ceiling and out of this room. As we're released from guilt and, and shame, Help us to go deep to experience the fullness of the things that you have for us. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, one more quick thing, and I'll just, I'll just run through these real quick. So first we ask, what's breakthrough and why should we care? Second, how do we embrace that in our lives? And hopefully we walk out of here and do something about it. And lastly, how do I help others break through? And just really quickly, um, one, depth is built upon the safety of love and compassion. Depth is all about intimacy. Whether it's mental, emotional, or spiritual, depth is about intimacy. And intimacy is built on love and compassion, acceptance, and goodness. And we have to be people who create those kind of environments. And so how do we help others break through? We become people who are full of the love and compassion of Christ, who create environments that are conducive for depth that are built on love and compassion. First John 4, 18 and 19, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. 
The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. And so it goes back to our own heart. Are we experiencing the love and compassion of God in our lives? Are we people who are living under the weight of guilt and shame? And as we experience the love of God and compassion of Christ for us, we then become that for other people, inviting them into the depths of life that they are supposed to and meant to experience. The church can unfortunately be one of the most judgmental places that anybody can ever find themselves. And we can't be those kinds of people. Let's be defined by love and compassion. And will it ever be easy? Will being defined by love and compassion ever be easy? No, because it makes every moment human and it makes every person human. And when we encounter humans as humans and not as projects or not as a checklist of things or not as a formula or not as a thing to be fixed, humans are hard. And so... And so let's, let's, ah, let's do our best to just release our judgment as God has so wonderfully poured his grace out over us and be those kinds of people, creating those kinds of environments. And as we do that, as we create environments of safety that are built on love and compassion, in our compassion, in your compassion, become a bridge for breakthrough in others. Start with people where they are care about the things people care about. Everybody is willing, I think, to go deep in something. And if we can get beyond our own, you know, self-centeredness for a little bit and just begin asking, what's important to that person? It may seem like the most surface thing ever, but they might be willing to go deep about it. And because all of these things are connected and because I think depth is a single muscle, it's not about mental depth, emotional depth and spiritual depth. It's about depth. And if we can go deep with someone in something that they care about that we may not necessarily care about, it opens up a door to go deeper with people where maybe we find things that are really important. So find out what people care about and go deep with them there because all of this is connected. So God, would you um, just continue to stir up in us your love and compassion, the picture of uh, what you declare about who we are. And in that, Lord, would you show us how to be your love and compassion to the world around us, that we would be people of depth as we experience your love for us, and then that we would be people who create environments of depth built on the love of Jesus. Let's stand together and sing a few more songs. Um, yeah, even, even in our worship here, in this time, maybe open yourself up to experiencing God in a new level of depth. Yeah, Lord, open us up to, to more depth. With